What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey guys, this next segment is brought to you by the Blackhawk Group. Blackhawk Group offers an unparalleled customer support service combined with top-level classroom installations and equipment servicing. They have years' worth of experience in this field, experience that is unmatched by competitors anywhere. Learn more about Blackhawk Group at www.blackhawkgroupllc.net. Hey everybody, welcome to the Empire State Conservative Network podcast. I'm Pete. This is Evan. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing how the left is trying to spin Trump's announcement to end anti-gay excuse me, gah, sentiment around the world. How MAGA hat-wearing teen Nick Sandman is suing the Washington Post for $250 million. And how Nancy Pelosi wants to declare a national emergency on gun violence. Before we get into all that, first off, we want to start off and welcome you if you're new to the show. Empire State Conservative Network podcast is for folks who are New York-based conservatives who are sick and tired of being neglected by your local and state politicians. And you're also sick and tired of being treated like a leper by friends, family, and co-workers who are thinking differently than they do. Mainly, you're conservative, they're liberal, you know about life and policy and everything, and they don't. So, let's get into the first thing. So, a terrible article in Out Magazine. I'm going to read a little bit from it, and it's just so ridiculous. We're probably going to stop along the way, but it's so ridiculous that I need to spin this to you. So, obviously, yesterday, Donald Trump announced that he is going to look to end and push with uh, different countries in the EU sanctions against anti-gay countries around the world and end this sentiment worldwide. And, of course, the left is still reaching for criticism. And from Out Magazine, if you can't figure out what that is, then you're a moron. Uh, Let's get into reading from this, and then we'll respond in our ever-loving way. So, I'm going to quote starting now. The Trump administration is set to launch a global campaign to decriminalize homosexuality in dozens of nations where anti-gay laws are still in the books, NBC News reported Monday. News and NBC do not go together. While it's on surface, the move looks like an atypically benevolent decision by the Trump administration. The details of the campaign belie a different story. Rather than actually being about helping queer people around the world, the campaign looks more like another instance of the right using queer people as a pawn to amass power and enact its own agenda. Wait, let's stop. Let's already stop right there. Okay. Let's go with atypical benevolent decision by the Trump administration. Yes. It's not atypical. No. Trump is the most pro-American, pro American pro Pro-American president and gay people are part of American society. Yes. He's the most pro-Jewish, pro-Israel president we've ever had. How is it atypical for them to have a benevolent thing because they're against... This is, again, this is the same nonsense that the left is pulling. Because you're against illegal immigration does not make you a racist. And because you ban transgenders from the military due to because it's a psychological disorder doesn't make you anti-gay. Yes. They take all this stuff and they blow it up to fit their own agenda, and it's not true. Yeah, it really isn't. And if you thought that those first few sentences of this article are bad, wait, it gets much, much, much worse. It almost goes without saying, but the Trump administration does not have a great human rights record at home when it comes to LGBTQ+. Thank God they took out the other letters. Issues. Advocacy group GLAD, which is a joke, has kept a record of the many times the administration has has harmed LGBTQ plus people from its transgender military ban, which Evan just talked about. And again, before I keep reading this sentence, this was determined by military professionals. We both know people who are ex-military or are currently in the military. I'm sure you do too. It's a distraction. And also, these people are being paid to transition on the government's dime. It's a waste of expenditure. If you want to do that on your own time, 
go right ahead. Spend your own money. Don't make us pay for it. And you do you. But when it comes to military and people's lives and having to be cohesive as a unit, this is something that the professionals felt could not really abide by in the military. So I don't understand why this is a huge issue, just like you said. But to continue reading from the article, to the reversal of plans to include LGBTQ people on the 2020 U.S. Census. They used a link in this, by the way, Evan. And the link took us to an NBC article because it seems to be that this journalist's preferred news source and it turns out that they're not going to be asking sexual orientation on the census. Good, because it's none of the government's goddamn business. Right. All they want, all the census is meant to do is to let us know who is in the country. How many men? How many women? What are the age ranges? And then up until recently, what is their immigration status? Are they citizens? Are they here on visa? Are they looking to become a citizen? Or... Are they illegal? Obviously, now we can't discern how many legal versus illegals live in the country because of recent legislation. Goddamn liberals. Yes. But they're offended, because I read the article, they are offended that they're not asking for someone's sexual orientation. And it's almost like you want to wear it proudly. And look, if you're gay and you're proud, that's cool. And we have no problem with that. But at the same time... That's not the government's concern. This is merely counting numbers. How many people live here? I guess I'm doing that. How many people live here? Absolutely nuts. And it's it's the same thing when it comes to the it's the the military ban. The military is a workplace. Mm-hmm. Okay. The people got really offended, and there is some gray area when it came to don't ask, don't tell. But in all reality, the people that you work with, unless you are friends with them outside of work, your sexuality should not be known. Yeah. I don't go to a job. When I started go substituting at schools, I didn't go in and be like, hi, I'm Ev- my name is Evan. I'm straight. Yeah. No, because guess what? It doesn't matter. You are at work to do work. You are there to do a job. Now, if I happen to be gay, which I'm not, but if I happen to be gay and I became friends with a few of the other people outside of work, yeah, then it would come up. But your sexuality has nothing to do with your ability to do a job. Therefore, it should not be asked mm-hmm. and it should not be declared. It's right. the same thing when, uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but Pete, you can keep going. Yeah, it, it's 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 a ridiculous um, sentiment that really doesn't matter. It's oh, I remember now. Oh. Sorry. So, there was an article about a trans person at work who was, being, who was, a, was a woman in transition to male. Okay. Which... You know, it's basically just hormones because, you know, they can, they can only dig a hole. They can't build a pole. And apparently, he, whatever whatever he wants to be called. Honestly, I really don't care. But the point of the story was he was being treated as a man. Mm-hmm. So he decided he had to come out and tell everyone that he was trans. Why? It doesn't matter. You are at work. You're at work. If you're at a bar and you're flirting with someone, then maybe you want to tell them. That's a good that, thing to tell That's a good someone. idea. Yeah. But when you are at work, if, he, if you prefer to be treated as a man and you were born a woman and everyone's treating you like you're a man, there is no reason for you to come out and tell them that you're trans. There isn't. Unless yeah. you become very good friends with them. But if it's just people at work treating you the exact way you want to be treated, then you are doing it for attention. I'm not saying that every trans person does this, yes. but this is an example and it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. Okay? I don't want my census form to ask me if I'm straight. I don't want it to ask me whatever. I just want it to ask me the questions it's supposed to ask me. The census is not, oh, I want to feel good and I want to make sure everyone knows that I'm gay. That's not what that's for. Wear a shirt that says I'm gay if you yeah. want everyone in the world to know you're gay. Do it. Yeah. I wear a Rangers sweatshirt because I want everyone to know I'm a Rangers fan. Yes. 
Yeah, it really doesn't matter. And, and they're, they're getting offended. This is typical leftist dogma. You're finding ways to get offended based upon your victimization card. In this case, they feel that, like Evan was just talking about, it must be known that they're gay or trans, whatever the hell. You know, there's a million letters in this alphabet soup that they call a name now. But in all reality, it makes no difference. This is not what the census is for. This is nothing to be offended by. They were thinking about doing it. They decided against it. Why? Because it probably complicated um, following the metrics that they wanted to follow. That's it. Because they would need a form about this big to fit all the damn letters. Even though the B in LBGTQ stands for bisexual, meaning two genders. Yeah, you swing both ways. You switch here. In any event, let's continue here. So another stupid sentence from this article, the most telling detail of NBC News report, they love NBC, is that his plan centers homophobic violence in Iran, who NBC News calls the administration's, quote, top political foe. NBC News is wrong because last year the CIA released a report that stated that China is our top geopolitical foe. In fact, before we started recording, didn't you say that, what was the thing, the next gen uh, home monitoring thing was, it had a chip in it and nobody checked? Yeah, the, the Google Home Nest. Home Nest, that's Home Nest Secure. Right. So the Home Nest that Google is selling, which they're getting some of their parts from China, had chips in them to surveil us. This happened last year in another device. This is nothing new. This is why we don't take phones and certain type of electronics from China, because they are monitoring us. Diane Feinstein's driver was a Chinese spy. Yes, and nothing happened to him. He was only here for like three decades driving her around, and obviously I'm sure he heard and saw things throughout his time driving her, but I, uh, I digress. Anyway, let's continue. So they, they interviewed someone called Josh Lederman, who reported the original NBC News story. So again, NBC. They, this is just an NBC story being pushed in a gay magazine. Right. That's all it is. And Josh Lederman said, and I quote, We know Trump is very focused on Iran and is looking for ways to demonize it in the public opinion. And this is one area when you know the U.S. and European countries see eye to eye. So it makes for them to folk makes sense for them to focus strategically on that rather than sanctions, where there's been a big gulf between the U.S. and its allies. And here's the fun part, and this that I didn't tell you. So I was reading some of this to Evan before the show, and I didn't want him to ruin, I didn't want you to not get the first-hand reaction. So here's the most ridiculous part of this article, where they're claiming that he's doing this not for gay, gay rights. The truth is, this is part of an old colonialist handbook. In her essay, Can the Subalterns Speak? What the fuck? Post-colonial theorist Gaitari Spivak coined the term, quote, white men saving brown women from brown men to describe the racist paternalistic process by which colonizing powers would decree the way men in power treated oppressed groups like women to justify attacking them. Spivak was referencing the British colonial agenda in India, but Grinnell, who is uh, one of Trump's top aides, who, by the way, is gay, but Grinnell's attack might be a case of white men trying to save brown gay men from brown straight men to the same end. First off, what? Yes. <laughs> In what war? Oh my! You no. Know, all right. So for anyone who doesn't watch, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I oh know. For the people who do, remember the episode where Charlie and Mac worked in the mailroom, and Charlie went insane because the mail never stopped, and he showed the big thing where how no one in the office was real, and there were strings, and he was smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee and going crazy. That's exactly what is going on here. There is, this is not a real thing. This is not, oh, this is, it's all made on bullshit. Mm. And if anything, you can actually propose that the liberals are the ones doing this shit because they always claim to be in favor of minorities, yet they never do anything to actually help them. 
Yeah. Every Democrat-run city for the last 30 years is ripped in violence and poverty and welfare, and they are the ones who claim they stand up for it. They are doing the same thing. If you're a racist, you call the person in front of you a racist, and then no one looks at you. This is a liberal bullshit tactic, and I can't believe that <laughs> someone even published this article. It is... And I went through an editor. Someone... So someone edited this. This is Someone not, read this... Maybe made some grammatical corrections, or, or said you need to source this. The or kids source in my that. school. I work at a developmental school for children who have developmental issues and can't be in regular schools, and I get more coherent crap from them than we will get in this article. This is obscene and absurd, and should be taken off the internet. This is this, there, you know people know what's on the internet, right? Yeah. There are horrible, horrible things on the internet, and this is the worst thing I've seen on the internet in the last week. Yeah. Well, there's one more set, one more couple sentences that I want to read to you before oh, we're done with this article. So the article concludes by stating that sentence alone, with the one that we just read, um, should set off several alarm bells. First of all, the Middle East, Africa, and the Caribbean are huge geopolitical entities. Doi. Attitudes towards gay people differ greatly among countries and regions. Doi. Within those entities and attempting to gather a room of European activists on how to deal with queer issues in those regions is a definition of paternalism. Okay. So you advocate for gay rights. You know, this is Out Magazine. You're talking about GLAAD. You're talking about LGBTQ plus what, AAIP and ARP and bullshit <laughs> rights. Alright? This is what you want. So... The president and several European countries are looking to go into places like the Middle East, into the Caribbean, into Africa, where gays are demonized, and they're looking to try and end the sentiment and the legality against them. And yet, that's a problem, because now that's paternalistic. So Evans hit it right on the head. They claim that they want social justice, like Bernie Sanders' 10-minute boring-ass video the other day when he announced his presidential one. They want social justice, and they want to end every ism that there's ever been when it's come to demonizing somebody. And yet, when something's actually being done about it, it's the problem because it's paternalistic, because white man must save gay brown man from straight brown man. It's the most ridiculous crap. We have ever heard. And it just goes to show the lengths that they will go to demonize the president. This is something that most people can get behind. The one semi-legitimate argument you can make is that we should not be interfering in other countries' affairs. Which I, in some regards, agree with. But this is a human rights thing. Like, they, they mentioned the article, we didn't read it, but they mentioned the article that a uh, young man who was gay in Iran was hung recently just for being gay. And I'm sure there's plenty more where that came from. That's just one of the few things that's come to light in recent weeks. This is a human rights issue. And while I agree and I've advocated many times that Team America World Police is not something that we should aspire to as we have pulled out of the Middle East, but there's something we can do in working with the Europeans and even working with these countries themselves is trying to open them up to seeing, hey, homosexuality isn't a terrible thing. Let people live their lives. If we can get through them diplomatically, all the better. No one's saying we're going in there, guns blazing, dropping bombs, trying to get them to change. And you hit it right on the head. Because it's because it's Trump. Uh-huh. It's only because it's Trump. If Obama because, did this? Because when Obama and the Democrats were calling for a border wall, it wasn't racist because it was Obama. Yep. But the second that Trump does it, it's racist. Mm. The second that Trump tries to help gay people, it's paternalism. It's all, it's not, it's liberal <laughs> bullshit. That's what it is. It's liberal propaganda bullshit. Uh -huh. they, it's Trump derangement syndrome to the highest level. You see all the memes online. Trump goes, I love oxygen. All the liberals putting plastic bags over their head. Oh, Trump cures cancer. Curing cancer is racist. It's the same shit. It's full-on Trump derangement syndrome. 
and it's it's amazing that people hate him so much uh-huh. because they lo- because they can't see past their own stupidity because they wanted Hillary Clinton so bad and they thought she deserved to be the first woman president. Guess she what? Was so she was so prepared. She didn't. <laughs> she doesn't. She's possibly the worst presidential candidate. Bernie Sanders is the better presidential candidate than Hillary Clinton. He was going at, to win. At least his record. Well, he. I don't think he would have beaten Trump. No, oh, he was going to yeah, win the gonna, Democratic nomination. Exactly. Bernie Sanders was a better was a better candidate than Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is an entrenched politician who has a record of flip-flopping on every single thing that she's ever done. She is... Kristen Gillibrand on steroids. Oh, yeah. That's essentially what she is. She is Kristen Gillibrand in the future. And she has never been an honest person. She couldn't even... She couldn't be honest about her favorite baseball team. In the 90s, she said it was the Yankees. And then when the Cubs won the World Series, she goes, Oh, you know, I've always been a Cubs fan. I'm a big fan of the underdog. You're full of crap! She cannot get anything straight. You're the worst candidate ever. Be further you got apart. time with her. She is a horrible, horrible human being, and her husband is even more is almost possibly even more disgusting. Who's a serial rapist, allegedly, not allegedly, no, not but allegedly. Really. So we can't be sued. No, no, no. Uh, and it's just they can't get past it. They can't get past the fact that they lost. It's sore loser. It's the worst form of being a sore loser. Yeah, I saw. I saw actually. Interestingly, you mentioned this sore loser thing. Um, you know, I, I obviously, as I'm sure you do, I know plenty of leftists on Facebook that I've run across throughout my life, friends, family, whoever. And uh, a friend of mine, who also happened to be a former client of mine, obviously I'm not going to name him, uh, he posted a stupid, you know, a stupid thing anointing Jimmy Carter, Lyndon Johnson, and a bunch of terrible presidents oh who did God. nothing but impede upon human rights for the most part as great presidents. He's like, Orange Man is going to go down in history as the worst president ever. Hashtag not my president. And I was so tempted to respond. Should have. Oh my God, should have. <laughs> I was so tempted, but I decided against All it. All you should have done was, was put the Lyndon B. Johnson quote. About having black people vote Democrat for the next or, 200 or, years. Yeah. That's it. That, and then, his, and then his black driver for when he was the president. All the terrible things he was called. How he wasn't allowed to speak to the president because, you know, he essentially had a superiority complex for being white over him being black. But anyway, uh, we digress. Just wanted to point that out because it just goes to show the lengths that the left will go to demonize the president, even when some good is coming out. and some good that both sides should be agreeing on. And they act like every single gay person in the world is a liberal, and they're not. No. We've seen it on Instagram. We've spoken to these people via Facebook and all these other things. There are plenty of pro-Trump gay people. We right spoke, in this group. Right in this group. We spoke to um, our guest last week, Smith Meyer, and he said the log cabin Republicans are a group of gay Republicans. Uh huh. Just because you are, and same thing with being black. People are like, oh, every black person is liberal. Every black person hates Trump. No, they don't. No. The black conservative movement is huge. It's growing every single day. We had Khalid Rodriguez on here. I've had several other people lined up possibly for the future. We have Officer, Tat- Officer Tatum, who's spoken at all these Republican things. Candace Owens, Turning Point USA. All these people, they're African-American. They are pro-Trump because they are pro-American. Yes. People don't understand. The Democrats are not looking to represent real Americans. They're looking to represent a growing base of illegal immigrants so they can win elections and, and they represent people on welfare because they know that they can get people on welfare to vote for them forever by saying they're going to give them more benefits. Yes. It's absolutely disgusting. They've been doing this for decades. And the fact that people are still asleep on this is disgusting. Yeah. This next segment is brought to you by Items for All Occasions. Items for All Occasions specializes in helping you sync up with what you need for your event's promotional needs. Whether it's announcements, cards, giveaways, invitations, tchotchkes, or video books, they have you covered. 
Learn more about Items for All Occasions at www.itemsforalloccasions.com. That's ridiculous. Anyway, let's move on from there. So the second thing we want to talk about today is how Nick Sandman, so if you remember a few weeks back, the news cycle goes so fast. You know, back in the day, even like five years ago, this would still be a story today. But Nick Sandman was with his school, uh, Catholic High School in Kentucky, Covington Catholic High, that was the name. They were waiting at the Washington Mall to be picked up to go back home after attending the uh, pro-life rally that occurred, March for Life. And they decided to stop, and they were waiting. And then Nathan Phillips, this Native American activist who may have served but didn't serve in the way that he said he did, he's just a lifelong activist, very left, and he goes up in this kid's face along with some of the black Hebrew Israelites who are these crazy people. We discussed this ad nauseum when it happened. But more or less, this kid got demonized on national television, not just by the mainstream media outlets, but they had Nathan Phillips on, like he's some beacon of civil rights, when in actuality he's nothing but a fraud and a liar, and he's just looking to stir up trouble. And they really, you know, these kids were receiving death threats, had to close the school down for a few days because they had so many threats coming in, and the local police couldn't handle it. Because he's smart, because he didn't do anything in response to these people harassing them. Right, he just stood there, and I mean, what are you going to do? So go, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you going to do with someone in your face like that? I mean, if I would, and we talked about it, if, if it was us when we were teenagers, we would have punched punch the guy right in the, the face. face. And, you know, so this kid showed ridiculous amounts of restraint, and he should be commended, but instead he was demonized. He and his fellow classmates on this field trip, and even at the school, he weren't even involved or demonized. Mainstream media outlets like uh, the Daily Mail in, in the UK were going out and saying, look, they're wearing blackface in a game. Really, it was a blackout night, which in, which in high school basketball, the thing where you paint yourself black, not to say that you're black, but because you want to be just, it's blackout night. Yeah, the basketball team was making the three-pointer sign, and they were like, oh, look, it's the white supremacist oh, sign. Oh, God, like that. Meanwhile, like that every single guy in the here. NBA goes like this when they make a three. Yeah, ha-ha, yeah. Like, it's so stupid. So anyway, he's now suing the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, for $250 million, which is the same amount of money that Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post for. Obviously, I don't think he's going to win $250 million. He's pro- they're probably going to settle. He's probably going to make seven to eight figures on this, though, just to stay out of this, but good for him. And a lot of people on the left, too, are, are, are bitching and moaning about this, and they're saying that, hey, you know what, you, know, you, you conservatives, you always talk about, you know, you got to let things go, and you got to let free speech go. This Look, it's one thing if Nathan Phillips said stuff right to his face, that this wasn't caught on camera, that this wasn't made into a national publicity stunt for two or three days. This became a huge thing, and like we said, that not only affected this kid in particular, but his family, his school, his classmates who were both on the trip and not. Like, this was a big deal. A lot of people's images are tarnished. And if you think that when he and these other kids apply to schools, that is, they're not going to be shunned and looked down upon on many of the top institutions, you are very mistaken. So he does deserve to sue the Washington Post, who was one of the main people, perpetrators behind tarnishing his name at the expense of a fraud in Nathan Phillips. Because A... All it is is clickbait now. They don't care about getting the story right. They don't care about getting the facts right. It's about what's the most clickbaity title, who can we prop up as a victim, and how can we make Orange Man look bad. Here's a kid wearing a MAGA hat with a Native American just bashing a drum and like screaming in his face. So, you know, we're going to make him look bad, even though he didn't do anything wrong. It's the same thing with the Justy Smaller case, where he ma- he paid people to beat him up. He, he faked a hate crime. Yes. And all these people got behind him. What's her name? Juno was on TV. Ellen Page. Yeah, whatever. I can't remember her name. She's a terrible actress. 
she was on TV going, oh, well, this, you know, this is what, she's going after Chris Pratt because the church he goes to apparently is anti-gay. I, I, listen, I'm not reading into that too much, but all these people are coming out in support of him. And the second that the police come out and go, well, there's no evidence of anyone in a MAGA hat in the area with a noose. We picked up these two Nigerian brothers who are now claiming that, <laughs> they, know. that they were, that they know him. And because they worked on his show and he was, they were paid by him to do this. And all of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi is deleting her tweet supporting him. And all these people have to backtrack because guess what? You jumped on a lie and you got caught with it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this was talked about ad nauseum yesterday. Kamala Harris and Cory Booker both, when it first came out, this is a modern day lynching and things of that nature. And Cory Booker pushes, well, we have anti lynching legislation. I'm surprised they still have that. I thought that passed. Decades ago. Yeah, it's already illegal to lynch yeah, people. Yeah, I mean... It, I it's already a law. This is the same thing, though. They do this. They push a law that is already on the books, basically. They reword it differently. Uh-huh. It'll get passed because, oh, well, it's already a law, it's so a why won't we law. pass it? And it's, look what I did. Look what I did. I saved America. I saved America, all the black people from racists. Meanwhile, it's been illegal to lynch people in America for... A well, long time. Yeah, at least 60, 70 years. And yeah. that's probably being very uh, generous about it. So, yeah. And, and, and when they were, when it was watching their attention, Kamala Harris looked like she got hit by a truck. Because they had the direct quote of her saying it's a modern day lynching. It's like, well, uh, you know, we got to hear the facts of the case. And, oh, now know, we got to hear the facts because you got caught. Cory Booker had, had a very similar uh, response. And... Look, you can't have it both ways. The same thing happened during the Justice Kavanaugh hearings when he was being uh, going through the confirmation process to get onto the Supreme Court. It's the same exact thing. When their narrative is suited by an alleged victim, they rush to say, hey, look how terrible this other person is. Look how terrible Trump is. Look how terrible MAGA people are. Look how terrible America is. Democrats literally hate America. They do. They literally hate America. They're always there to point out how horrible this country is and how they're the saviors. But they haven't fixed anything. In any city that they run, we say this every single time, they don't want to fix things because if you fix the problem, guess what? They're not going to vote Democrat anymore because people who who actually make money, who want to keep their money, are not voting Democrat if they're informed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the epitome of evil is what the Democratic Party has. Didn't Cardi B come out and say that that the government should stop telling people what to do with their hard-earned money? She did. But, you know, she received a, a real paycheck for the first time in her life. You know, it's it's hard going from being a stripper who's paid in cash and uh, other favors to uh, getting a check from a record label. I thought she was a like prostitute. Uh, maybe she was both. I don't really know or care. If you have information on whether or not Cardi B was a prostitute while she was a stripper, please email us at admin at... <laughs> EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com uh, Yeah, I mean, or you could just do Evan at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com I, I, I could honestly care less. But she realized she was getting 45% of her income taken out in just income tax. Uh, you know, that doesn't include what she actually uses the money she keeps on sales tax and anything else. So finally, at like the age of 30 or whatever she is, she wakes up and realizes, huh, I'm getting royally screwed because I made all this money and I barely get to keep half of it. That's ridiculous. And then she, I mean, but it's true. And, and it's, it's nice to see somebody, even though she's obviously extremely jaded and it just goes to show the type of work she was in prior to this, but it just goes to show how ridiculously we're all being screwed and why it's be- why it's imperative that we get Cuomo, that we get these Democrats out of office and we don't let them maintain power even at the federal level in the House because everything has to go through the House. Unless we're going to continue to start setting bad precedents and keep bypassing them and declaring national emergencies, Pelosi warned this and then we're going to get into this right now. Um, when the national emergency was declared by Donald Trump, 
she went on camera and she said, well, this is the one-year anniversary of the Parkland shooting. And I, I think a national emergency should be declaring gun control. And there is legislation right now. It's just rewording and just refunding and reallocating funds towards the CDC to monitor gun violence statistics and things of that nature. But, I mean... It is a threat, and, and, it, and it's true. If we continue to set this bad precedent of national emergencies, this could happen. But this is what they want to push, that it's, that people having guns is bad. Right now in New York State, with the, uh, what was it called, the uh, Safe, Safe Act 2, right now what they're doing is you can only buy enough ammunition to load your weapon twice every 120 days. So you can buy about six rounds of ammunition over the course of an entire year. For your weapon. If you own a semi-automatic weapon, let's, let's be honest. Unless you own a musket from the Revolutionary War, you probably have a semi-automatic weapon if you're a gun owner. Well, I have a pump-action shotgun. It's not semi-automatic. Huh. It's all well, good. You're good. but Buy a lot of pump-action shotguns, people. Yeah, you might want to stock up on those shotguns and, you know, while you still can. But this is this is really getting um, this is really getting perplexing with how they're going about it. So, what's your response to her saying that we should declare a national emergency on gun control? And obviously, using an emotional plea based on the Parkland shooting to back that up. Well, this is what the Democrats do: they appeal to emotion and they don't go based off facts. If you look at the facts, is places with less guns are not more safe; they are actually more dangerous. Uh-huh. Major cities have extremely strict gun laws, and they are inherently more dangerous. Yes. You have higher populations higher populations of people with lower incomes and higher populations of gangs and criminals. If you're going to go in and be like, okay, every criminal that we find, we're going to cut their head off if they're found with a gun. Then you might have something. It's not really realistic, but you might have something. But all gun control does is limit law-abiding citizens' access to to firearms and their ability to protect themselves. Not one gun control law ever in the history of this country has ever had anything in it where they are going to take guns away from criminals. All it is doing is restricting access to guns for law-abiding citizens. Yeah. Every time you ban something, only law-abiding citizens are going to follow the law. Yeah. If I'm a criminal and you say, okay, there are no more handguns in New York City, then how do we have all these gun crimes going on? Mm-hmm. How will we have all this gun violence in Chicago if you can't if you can't get these things? California, some of the strictest gun laws in the country, mm-hmm. the, the YouTube shooter had a handgun. Yep. How are they doing this? Because criminals do not care about the law. Yeah. So if you restrict the law-abiding citizens' ability to protect themselves, it only makes the city more dangerous for them, yeah. and it makes it easier for the criminals to go out and hurt people. And and anyone who tells me anything differently is not living in a factual world. They are living in an emotional world because they have done this. That cities and countries that have higher levels of gun ownership are statistically safer and have less violent crime. Yeah. And all this stuff in Australia were like, oh, they banned guns and gun violence went down. Gun violence went down, but violent crime went up. Mm-hmm. Because if I know you don't have a gun, I'm willing to take that risk with my kitchen knife that if I want to go out and stab somebody, I can in do the UK. it. In the UK, they are literally taking scissors off of people in public. <laughs> scissors, as opposed to today, they're taking scissors, screwdrivers, and nail files off of people because people want to defend themselves from criminals and they can't. Because you can't, you can't even get a butter knife in the you city of London. Sharp object. <laughs> it's absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And you are living in a fantasy world, and you are not a grown adult, or you're not an informed adult. Let's just be honest. You're not a grown adult. Yeah. If you honestly Neither. believe that disarming illegal American gun owners is is a good idea, not one. And people always demonize the NRA. First of all, the NRA doesn't do enough. They essentially yeah. collect donations and don't do enough work. But. Not one single NRA member has ever been involved in a mass shooting. Almost, 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 
every single mass shooter in the last 30 years has been either a liberal or a liberal Democrat. Every single one. You can look it up yourself. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. Yep. The Aurora shooter in Colorado was was a liberal. I think only Nicholas Cruz wasn't a liberal. I think he's actually yeah. the, him and the Pittsburgh shooter. And the Pittsburgh shooter, because the Pittsburgh shooter is a nutcase. Yeah. But, you know, it's the, the majority of these people are leftists. They are liberals. They live in an emotional world. And that's not in the real world. And by taking our guns away, they are going to make us vulnerable to these people. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they often neglect the fact they think fear you know take our rights away out of fear and the government will handle everything and we went over this yesterday we'll probably go over it a million times if they can't keep drugs out of federal prison then they cannot regulate uh, violence they can say at the end of every episode don't let fear take your freedom yeah i mean there's a reason that that's our tagline people are afraid because they see these mass shootings and obviously the 24-hour news cycle is blown up there are cameras everywhere within minutes of it occurring and the people are being interviewed and they're crying and they're scared and it's parents who lost their loved ones and obviously it's very emotional to a lot of people understandably so but that said guns knives any sharp object like in some european countries these are just tools yes they can be very lethal tools but they are just tools it's really important who is behind the shooting who is behind the stabbing who is behind committing the violence there is a lot of mental illness going on for a lot of different reasons and a a hypothesis i have is that it's the victim mentality that a lot of people have they get so fed up with the world they feel like they're so oppressed even though in most cases they're not they're just lazy pos's who have nothing better to do and they like sit in mommy's basement and they curse the world because they can't get a boyfriend or girlfriend uh they can't find a good job they can't find anything that makes them feel fulfilled and then they decide to terrorize a place that they're familiar with they scope it out often in advance they acquire the weapons sometimes legally sometimes illegally mostly illegally yeah i mean they they know there's a black market for everything and here's the other problem with gun legislation if you take guns away if you limit the amount of ammunition people who own semiotic automatic weapons can get whether they're law-abiding citizens or not that creates a black market So people on the black market will sell these products at a premium because it's illegal. But they are going to stock up on these things before it gets enacted, before it goes into law. And then they're going to find gun owners and people and say, hey, you want some extra ammunition? Here you go. No one has to know. Pay me in cash. That's it. That's how these things work. That's why it's not going to do anything. It is just a feel-good thing, and it's just a way to infringe upon rights, and Evan said it before, and it's true. It's going to inhibit our ability to defend ourselves, maybe not even from the government, but from criminals. And then eventually from the government, because that's what's happened, and we said it before, and I'll say it again. Nazi Germany, Stalinist Russia, Communist Cuba, Communist China, North Korea, all these places banned guns, and then they took the people's rights, and they murdered millions and millions of their own people if you don't think it can happen again you are ignorant if yeah. you don't think it will happen again you are ignorant we the we the reason why it will not happen in this country i believe is because american gun owners will never willingly give up their guns that's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back and the reason why and they've been quoted that imperial japan did not do a land invasion of the united states because of the american gun owner they realized how many guns americans owned and they they quoted as saying there is a rifle behind every blade of grass in america and you're goddamn right yeah and if that gets taken away then anybody can swoop in whether it's our government or another one that's going to invade us and so anyway guys if you like the show 
Please subscribe, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or applicable. It always helps. And please share it. Share it with other conservatives, even people who aren't conservative. Share it with them. Give them another perspective. It's really important that you do that. It helps us grow, and it helps get the word out. We're here to help you, to help take the state back. We talked about this yesterday. We'll talk about it again. Yes. Mm, We'll talk about it again. People are leaving the state in droves. 84,000 more people left just last year alone than came in. And they're leaving places like Texas, Florida, North Carolina, where taxes are less, cost of living is less, and all that. And yes... That's grand, but like we talked about yesterday, three, five, ten years, as they, as you leave, if you're a conservative and you bring your voting record there, fine. But for every one of you, there's at least one liberal who's doing the same exact thing for the same reasons. They just don't understand why the taxes are through the roof, why cost of living is through the roof. So when they go down there, they're going to vote Democrat. Uh, Beto O'Rourke almost won Texas. He, he lost by just two percentage points. Andrew Gillum, a socialist, almost became the governor of Florida. And had either of those things happened, the state of those states could change. Could have changed very quickly, as we've seen with Andrew Cuomo starting his third two, term with this extremely blue legislature here in our state. It's important that we stay and we fight. Running away is a temporary fix to your problem. It's not going to solve anything. And if we can take back this state, it really leaves us hope for the union. We're not in a good position in the union. We do have the Senate. We do have the presidency. But everything does have to go through the House. And until we can take that back and get real conservative politicians in office, that's going to be an issue. So please, also, consider donating to us. We are paying to reach you out of our own pockets. It is not cheap. Just $5 a month gets you this Don't Let Fear Take Your Freedom wristband. Pull it up. Yeah. Yeah. Evan had to pull up his sweater if you're listening to this. And you also get weekly mailbag access. So every Friday, we have a mailbag. We will send it to our donors. Do you have a question for our guest? If we have a guest or a series of questions, and we will ask them on our show. If there are topics that you would like us to cover, we will get to those topics during that show because you help us. We help you. We bring the topics and the people most pertinent to you and your beliefs, and we will cover those things accordingly. Also, if you can afford $50 for the year, which saves you $10 for the entire year if you're doing a monthly donation, you not only get the wristband, you not only get mailbag access, you also get an Empire State Conservative Network hoodie. Our logo will be on the front. Name and number on the back. Size is small at the 5XL. That's the logo, but it's in black on the, yeah. on the hoodie. So you get all that for 50 bucks. If you buy those fresh off our website, you're looking at about a $75 bill between that and shipping. So you're saving $25 on that. You're saving $10 on your donation for the year. And again, we're just looking to cover costs. It really helps us out. But guys, thanks so much for watching. I'm Pete. This is Evan. We'll be coming back at you tomorrow. Have a great rest of the day. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. It's Evan from Empire State Conservative Network. Please check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Also, check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, and on Twitter at Empire State Cons. Also, check out our store at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com store for all current and future merchandise to help melt the snowflakes in your life. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.